Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the 
center of the galaxy, this is a four-center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. Let's poke a little fun at Star Wars, that thing we love. It's an interesting time to be a Star Wars fan, right? Remember when we started the show, we said it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Well, I still think that holds true. It is a lot about what's going on in your mind and your heart as a Star Wars fan during these times. And on Force Center, we got some programming out and some programming coming that is that is dealing with this. It's, it's, it's interesting. Joseph, Jennifer, and myself, I think we found ourselves in the same kind of mental state, give or take a little talking points here and there. And some of our programming reflects it, where we here at Force Center try to celebrate, believe in celebrating, Looking for the good. That's uh, the basis of Star Wars counseling. Jennifer's happy beeps. Wants to get back to that core. And it's something that uh, I've been trying to do here at Spotlight Star Wars. Focusing on the memories, your memories, my memories, all of our memories of Star Wars. Interviewing other people to get their thoughts and and, and their joys in Star Wars. And we're going to have a little bit of that joy a little bit later on with special guest Wendy Lee Zaney from Collider Video. But something funny happened to me. Last week, went to my comic shop. I'm always behind. I usually go once a month now. And I had all the comics, my normal stack, my, my, what a pool, all that good stuff. And I always check to see what's not on my list and everything. And I go to the Star Wars section there. And Marvel has uh, put out the collection of Tag and Bank. So, now that was originally on Dark Horse Comics. Kevin Rubio's the writer behind it. You might know Kevin Rubio as the man who, I think about 1999, gave us Troops, the Stormtrooper Cops reality show parody, which is pretty funny. Holds up pretty well. Uh, give it a go. It's definitely something I remember. Uh, definitely something that was uh, funny. And it led him to this. It led him to these characters of Tag and Bink. Now, uh, in the upcoming Solo, we know that John Kasdan, the co-writer of the movie, he's appearing in the film as Tag and Bink. They're, they're supposed to be in the film. And so I, I thought, you know, that film coming out, I'm going to do some research because I actually, I'm familiar with Tag and Bink as characters that are out there. I've heard about it. I never read one frame of the comic. Um, as you guys know, I'm not a giant... EU Legends fan from back in the day. Some stuff's great. Some of it uh, I just never picked up, and some of it I just don't like at all. Looking at you, Yuzon Vong. But I wanted to know a little bit. And when I had originally heard the uh, story of Tag and Bink being in Solo, and that I think it was, uh, you know, probably a Ron Howard picture, if I remember correctly, on Twitter of uh, Tag and Bink and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. I thought, well, you know. Who are, I kind of remember who are they. And I looked. I looked it up on Wikipedia, and I was like, "Oh, this is just stupid, silly. What is this? Like, they're uh, the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of uh, you know Star Wars, and they're behind everything, and blah blah blah." And I love Lost Stars, and Lost Stars has a "Hey, behind the corner" uh, thing in Siena or there type of vibe to it. That I and I love Lost Stars, but at times, particular stuff in the like the Empire Strikes Back part of the story, I was like, "Wow, they." Thank Kyrell and Sienna Ray are like everywhere in the original trilogy. Get it, got it, good. You can either buy into that notion or you don't, and it's a good story that stands up on its own. But for some reason, the, the Tag and Bing thing just didn't stick well with me. I was like, oh, God, this is silly. So I was like, I had this in my hand. It's a nice collection, great cover uh, from one of the old uh, comic covers. 
a great trade of all of it. So I thought, all right, not a, not a lot of money. I've got my allowance saved. I'll buy it. There you go. It's in my hands right now. So I bought it. I'm going to sit down and read it. And I read it. And it was stupid. It was silly. It poked fun at Star Wars. It poked fun on a lot of the little things in the original trilogies and the prequels that we all kind of know are these little weird corners to crawl into. And what's going on? And there's a joke about Manny Both Hands being a, a, a rebel spy informant and he died. And Manny Both, Both, Manny Both Hands died. <laughs> I loved it. So stupid. So silly. Such a good spirit behind it. I loved it. If you haven't taken in Tag and Bink, we're here. Get it. Marvel's got it out now. It is Legends. None of it counts. None of it counts. Tag and Bink weren't really the reason for a lot of the stuff. They weren't really Jedi. They basically were kicked out. Young Padawans kicked out. Came up with a little like uh, deal with Anakin, even at the end. None of that's count, so you don't have to worry about that. But it got me thinking as I absolutely enjoyed my read through this and enjoyed my little journey through Tag and Bink. Have we gotten to a point, and by we, I start with me. Have I gotten to the point where I am so uptight and tense about Star Wars and defending Star Wars or defending what I love in Star Wars, trying to celebrate it, trying to be critical but not too critical, trying to be positive but not too positive because then you're a Disney shill, all these kind of things. Has it wrapped up in my brain and just made me too uptight about Star Wars? And the answer was, yeah. Yeah, and I think I do a pretty good job of keeping positive and celebrating little blips on the radar screen here and then. You guys sometimes let us know about it. But sometimes, uh, you know, yeah, it's okay. But overall, I mean, I would hope you agree. I'm generally here to have a good time talking about Star Wars. But here I am reading Tag and Bink and laughing. Because a lot of the things that are in here are these little corners that I say, these corners in the story where you're like, what, what's going on there? Well, what caused that? And nowadays, a new canon, and I'm happy for it, like a book like from a certain point of view, fills in a lot of these questions and stories. Even Rogue One takes one of the all-time biggest joke questions. Why was there a uh, little reactor exhaust port on this big battle station? How did that bring down the mighty empire? Well, Rogue One says, oh, here's why. You might not like that answer, but Rogue One tries to answer it. And there's all those questions all through Star Wars, particularly the original trilogy. I mean, it's part of the fun of being a Star Wars fan. You come for the big, sweeping space saga epic. You come for the lightsaber fights. You come for the battles. You come for the mech and the weapons and the gear and the little Ewoks and the yub-nubs and uh, everything in between. And over the time, I think we can all, and again, I'm looking in the mirror myself more than anything, can get just a little uptight. We don't want our Star Wars played with. We want you to respect our Star Wars. I mean, yeah, that's something I want even now to this very moment. But in this uh, giant, uh, in this kind of, you know, this, this upheaval that's kind of going up in all the fandoms, it's not just Star Wars. 
where you go on Twitter every day, and if you say you, you like Chewbacca, you get 14 people telling you Wookiees are stupid. You say you like Last Jedi, you say you don't like Last Jedi, and you get jumped on. It's not fair either way. And so what happens is our shields are up. Let's start probing those shields. That's what we're doing here today. The shields are up. Your defenses are ready. You're ready to spring out, swipe, and attack. Attack, attack, attack. Respect Star Wars. Respect my opinion. Take my opinion as fact. Take your fact as opinion. It's all of that there rolled into one, and, it, and it's part of these uh, contentious times. But I today am taking a moment to really take back the idea of it's okay to poke a little fun at Star Wars. The exhaust port's one of those big questions, but there's other questions that for years, me and my friends, before there was podcasts, back in the early 90s, he said, all old and veteran-like. Back then, when me and my friends would gather around and we'd ask these questions, do you ever wonder, like, when this happens, like, ha, 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 what's going on? One of them, I was watching Return of the Jedi the other day. You got Akbar, you got Mon Mothma, Crix Maidine. They're all up there. They're talking about the plan for the big battle that will determine everything. It's a giant plan. It's an important plan. Manny Bothhands died to bring us this information. You got Lando, you got Han, the whole team. And yeah, there's little side conversations. Battle of Tanabs and whatnots. And I wonder who they got to run the ground assault on Endor. All right. And then one of my favorite moments is Luke walks in. I'm with you, too. Great moment. Luke returns from whatever he was doing on Dagobah. We don't know. He's getting fitted for a poncho to wear to Endor. He comes back in. You got a room full of X-Wing and A-Wing and B-Wing and Y-Wing pilots and rebel commanders and strategizers and leaders, droids, they're all there. And here comes Luke. I'm with you, too. Well, that's three. Count, 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 count my command crew now. I got three, says Han. I'm bad with quotes. The meeting stops. Was the meeting done? I mean, like Mon Mothma, Akbar, Maydine, they're all just like, okay, well, Skywalker's here. Meeting's done. Figure it out when you get there, guys. It was the shortest battle planning session I think I've ever seen. Now, now uh, you guys know I don't like meetings. Meetings are for the Empire. I get it. The Rebellion's ready to go. They're on the fly. Here we are. We don't need any uh, detailed Excel sheets. No one opened up a Google Doc. We're good. But it just so it's always been funny to me. Luke walks in. I'm with you, too. Meeting adjourned. Everyone figure it out. Nowadays, if that was uh, something in The Last Jedi... And we brought that up. Some people will get mad. Understandable. Respect my Star Wars. Uh, I have it too. These these 10 plot holes in The Last Jedi. 10 plot holes in Rogue One. 10 plot, hole, plot holes in, in Marvel's uh, Avengers. Infinity War. All of it. it. It doesn't matter even if it's just Star Wars. I get a little... Uh, roll my eyes at those. You know, it's like a lot of them, number one, have answers. And two... There's no spirit of fun in that. 
I'm sure in 1992, if Last Jedi came out, I'm sure me and my friends, while waiting at Toys R Us to buy more Hasbro re-released Power of the Force figures, I'm sure we would have been like, "Eh, why didn't the Dreadnought, uh, you know, fire sooner? Why didn't Hux just jump to light speed and land in front of uh, the Radis and take them out there? All the same questions that those articles are asking. Again, some of them, some of them have answers. I think the uh, supremacy shields are probably weaker in the back, or histo- you know, all those things. You can answer. You can answer them better than I can. But we would have asked the same questions back in 1992. We just would have laughed about it. We would have had fun about it. We would have joked. It would have been an inside joke between Star Wars fans. That would have been how we do it. But nowadays, it's it's a debate. And nowadays, and I, I, me, I'm admitting, if you're one of those people who are like, yeah, but why didn't Holdo, I get, I start getting flushed with anger. I give in to the dark side of the force. Why didn't Holdo tell Poe? I don't know. She didn't think about it. Now, I think the answer, you know, might be that, hey, she's a commanding officer. officer. She doesn't have to tell anyone her plans. But then, there again, I start down this path where I'm like, ah, I'm going to defend, I'm going to defend, I'm going to defend. But I'm here today to remind myself, and, and maybe you if you need it, that we should all be a little more secure in our own personal love of this Star Wars thing. Because poking little holes and having fun with some of those corners of the stories that create fun questions, it's part of the Star Wars tradition. It's part of a Mad Magazine parody. I mean, I loved those issues. They were funny. And they pointed out some of the silliness in Star Wars. Troops, I mentioned up top. Spaceballs. Mel Brooks, the king of poking fun at things we all love. I mean, Spaceballs, oddly enough, hasn't held up for me over time as as much as uh, some other Mel Brooks comedies, but it's still great, and I still get it, and it's still funny. 1987, that comes out, making fun of the entire trilogy, trilogy and saga, and we all, Star Wars fans, went, yeah, you're right. There, there is a bunch of marketing. It is kind of silly. And then we enjoyed it. Nowadays, if uh, a parody of The Last Jedi and Force Awakens came out, I'm sure I would be in the theater. No! No! You must respect this crazy thing. And then we start to take it all serious, you know? Again, I was watching Return of the Jedi the other day, studying for the live uh, movie trivia showdown on June 2nd, against Joseph and Alex, of course. And I'm watching Jedi. How many times have I watched this movie? Got to be over hundreds, at least, you know, counting the times it's just on in the background. And it really struck me this time around because I'd already read the Tag and Bink comic and this was floating around my brain. It really struck me that the end of that movie is the Rebels rather predictably blowing up the second version of the Killer Moon that we saw in the first movie. And after this happens... These teddy bears get so happy about it that they sing and dance, and that's how the movie ends. That's Return of the Jedi at the core, silly base level. Return of the Jedi didn't take itself seriously at times. It had respect for things. It gave us things we loved. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And I'm not disparaging Ewoks. I'm not disparaging the plot or anything. I'm just like, yeah, that's what it was. I'm watching here in my house the other day going, yeah, Return of the Jedi ends with a dance number. Now, I don't like Jedi rocks. I really don't. One of the worst additions to, to, to Star Wars in the 97 re-releases. But whether it's Yub Nub or the Celebration Song, the, the movie ends with these little furry creatures dancing, celebrating, Lando's clapping, Nine Numb and Wedge are hugging. Uh, they're dancing with R2 and 3PO. <laughs> That's Star Wars. So a little porg humor fits right into me. Uh, even K2SO's humor, uh, humor in Force Awakens, which I thought was very funny. Empire Strikes Back. Return of the Jedi. Joseph and I have gone over the Star Wars rank to the, the funniest little joke moments, the funniest little bits. We've talked about absurd moments. We've talked about all of that. And it all fits in, and that used to be part of the fun of being a Star Wars fan. When the Muppet Babies, the animated show in the mid-'80s there, would do their Star Wars episodes, my God, I mean, me and our Mark Ellis will talk about it. That is some of our favorite Star Wars parody. Just around the same time that I fell in love with Star Wars via Return of the Jedi and, and all that stuff and, and the 82-83 push, almost at the same time, I was introduced to Hardware Wars, the first of the Star Wars parodies, and I think George Lucas's favorite one, if I'm remembering some of the uh, stories I've heard. And it's, you got like ham salad, Augie Ben Doggy. The Death Star is like a basketball or a waffle maker. You got toasters flying. It's silly. It is so silly. And it shows how just silly Star Wars is on some levels. And I loved it. And I would watch Hardware Wars on the same day that I'd watch Episode 4 on VHS. Taped from TV, mind you. And it was fun. So this is a reminder for myself. It's okay to have a little fun. It's okay to look at some things on the screen in a Star Wars movie and go, I mean, that seemed weird. Why would that happen? Kind of silly. Funny lines. How many times have you heard me on Force Center? One of my favorite lines in Rogue One. It's that background voice. As Jyn Erso's talking, what is she proposing? That is like perfect Star Wars to me. What is that about? Little, uh, you know, jokes about the Ewoks. Now, uh, you know, like with Ewok Hunt on Battlefront 2 and all the stuff and, and the fine work Jennifer Land is doing here in Force Center to make people uh, understand and respect Ewoks a little more. I remember our, our friend Dan Casey over at Nerdist did that a while. I think he did a video. I think it was him um, that did a video on uh, Ewoks or killers and you should fear them. Like all that stuff that kind of came out now over the last five years um, as digital media exploded. I mean, that stuff, I remember me and my friends in high school, like those Ewoks are serious. They were going to cook Han Solo. But it's silly. We don't stop to think of it. At the time, you're just like, ah, oh, the big battle of Endor and all this stuff's cool. But no, the Ewoks were singing a little, do 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 do, do little 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 song, little little sea shanty as they were about to kill 
Han Solo and eat him in honor of C-3PO. I mean, that's just fun, silly, stupid stuff. So what are your favorite Star Wars parodies? There's a lot out there. Robot Chicken, yeah, absolutely. Family Guy, absolutely. The Robot Chicken ones, chicken ones come from almost the same place a lot of us growing up in the 80s and 90s uh, came from. Uh, prune face jokes, imperial dignitary jokes, uh, the emperor talking to Darth Vader on, uh, you know, on a uh, on the phone after the Death Star. What the, what's a Millennium Falcon? Like what? The, all that stuff is pitch perfect. It's stuff that we did. It's stuff that all of us did back in the heyday of being a Star Wars fan. This is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. It's a great time to roll up your sleeves and defend it and debate it and to look at these movies as as art. And I think Ryan Johnson made some art. I think Rogue One's got some beautiful stuff in it and some serious themes. Last Jedi is about failure. Force Awakens is about removing those masks, finding who you are. All that stuff is there just like it's there in the original trilogy. But, yep, there's some interesting things. Some fun things. Why would you taste the salty surface of a planet? What if it wasn't salt? Those are questions that it's okay to ask. It's okay to laugh about. And if someone brings it up in front of you, don't automatically assume they're trying to tear down the thing you love. Let's all take a breath, read Tag and Bink, and have some fun. Poking fun at Star Wars. And with that, let's keep the conversation about fun and Star Wars going with a special interview recorded on location at Collider Video with Wendy Lee Zaney. All right, Force Center fans, we have someone making their debut here on the Force Center podcast feed. You know her over at Collider. She's on air and also one of the pillars of Collider video. It's Wendy Lee. Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Ken. I'm, I'm so glad to talk to you about this because this week uh, I'm focusing on the fun of Star Wars and how it's still fun to be a fan. And sometimes we forget that. We can poke fun of Star Wars with Star Wars parodies. We've been talking about that and uh, just having a, a general sense of fun and what you do. And you are one of the people that I know. You're a big Star Wars fan. Yes, right? Yes, absolutely. And you, uh, you have a lot of fun doing cosplay. You have a lot of fun just with your how you approach your fandom of Star Wars. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. Well, I want to say, like, my love for Star Wars started so young, and it definitely started with toys. So the fun was there from the beginning when yeah. my dad bought me my first. I think it was. I think he bought me Leia and Luke together, and I didn't like it because I wanted Chewbacca. Sure. And he said, but don't you want the princess? And I said, no, I want the fuzzy thing. And I didn't know what it was. So the love kind of just grew from there. And as I've grown and Mm -hmm. as merchandising got better, there's clothes, there's cosplay, there is cartoons, there's Rebel. There's just so many things that that embraces my love for Star Wars. Cosplay and just just dressing up as it used to be. In my day, it was just dressing up. Um, When did that really kick in? What was your first, like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dress up as this guy. I think the first time I ever even experienced cosplay was at a con that I went to called Dragon Cons back in Georgia. Oh, yeah. yeah Big one. Atlanta. Went. And I was like, what What are these people dressing up as their favorite character? This is a thing, and I can I can do yeah. this, and any character counts, and there is literally no rules. And, and that's what I like about cosplay, and that's what I like about Star Wars, mm-hmm. is if mm-hmm. you're 
especially now, when I were in 2018, uh, one of my favorite characters is Ahsoka Tano. And yeah. just because she is a female Jedi does not mean men cannot cosplay as oh, yeah. her. And I see, like, the cool, as they call it, like, the gender bend cosplay. Sure. And I see so many creative ideas of people coming as Ahsoka, men, women, kids, and... It's just everybody is so creative. That's what I love about it. And that's kind of what's my first exposure was at a con. And from yeah. there, I just really went on and I started researching and I followed mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, Instagram accounts, cosplayer oh, fan yeah. pages, and it's endless. A lot of my friends cosplay. So I don't feel like mine is as up to par as theirs, but I pull inspiration. From you, them. No, you're, you're good at it. But I, but I also know what you mean. There's some, some of the cosplayers, it's intimidating what they're yeah. able to pull together. But no, you're, you're great and you have just a lot of fun embodying these characters for for the moment and, and, and helping expand your fandom. Ahsoka's one of your favorite characters. What's, what's some of the other characters or, or uh, that you're not necessarily dressing up, dressed up exactly as, but paid homage to? Uh, a funny story, I used to work for a kids entertainment company and I most certainly dressed up as Master Yoda for kids. <laughs> if I can find yeah. a picture, I'll send it to you. Please do. It is definitely there. It is one of the most exhausting costumes because I have to be small and I can't, no matter how small I shrink. I can't make myself smaller than these kids. Yeah. So they always say, "Oh, Master Yoda, why are you? Why are you so big?" And I said, uh, <laughs> "Drink blue milk, I do." That's uh, Yoda would not have been the one I <laughs> predicted there. Um, and you, with Star Wars right now, it's everywhere. It's it's always been everywhere in our hearts, but now it's everywhere there. Um, burnout is a question, fatigue, all that kind of stuff. But I, I personally still have a lot of fun with it. You clearly still have a lot of fun with this. How do you, how do you approach this 360, 24, uh, 365, 24-7 Star Wars t- fandom time now? I, I love it so much. And if you open my closet, there is just Star Wars t-shirts or Star Wars jackets or Star Wars socks and pajamas and it's endless and the fact that we're getting a new movie every year I am definitely not one to complain some I love more than others but mm-hmm. regardless I always buy a ticket I feel as a Star Wars fan I it is my job mm-hmm. to support this fandom that I grow up loving and I am not going to change in any way shape or form I love that Wendy Lee doubling down on the fun and celebration of Star Wars it's what we do here at Force Center uh, you also do a lot of wonderful things tell the folks where they can find you, Wendy. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Wendy Lee Zane. You can find me also on YouTube at the Movie Couple channel. You guys uh, doing a lot of fun stuff over there on the Movie Couple channel and your husband Dustin. I've seen him dress up yes. as Darth Vader. He is Darth Vader. Yeah. He is Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. Oh yeah, that's a that's a Sith double play, double feature there. Wendy, thanks for coming in and making your debut here on Force Center. There you go. Thanks, Wendy, for coming on into the Force Center family. Uh, sometimes that's what it's going to be. Those interviews are going to be on the go. Uh, me on my cell phone, running into friends and colleagues and talking Star Wars. They're not always going to be here in the crisp, beautiful sounding Force Center studios, right? Uh, yeah, a lot of cavernous conference rooms at the new Collider Video offices. But great talk with Wendy about having fun, dressing up as your favorite Star Wars characters. And now let's go to our listener memory of this show. Force Center Patreon supporters can go to patreon.com slash Force Center and submit their favorite Star Wars memories. There's not been a bad one posted. I'm going to have to get through them all. I intend to get through them all. But here is this week's listener memory. It comes from Jeff Wood, the overhead wire. He says, I remember trying to build my own A-wing from Legos before Star Wars Legos were a thing. 
When The Phantom Menace came out, we got Star Wars Legos, but there was something fun and inventive about trying to design it for yourself. I ended up putting together one with D-cell batteries as the engines became the rounded parts didn't exist at the time with Legos. I know Ken mentions that's, hey, that's me. He acted out some scenes from Star Wars, but did any of you all try to build your own Death Star or Starfighters in Lego or cardboard? That's a great memory, Jeff. And you're so right. First of all, there's a sub-memory in there of a time where Star Wars Legos didn't exist And I do remember the Phantom Menace Legos. In fact, I have the N1 Naboo Starfighter Lego set. I have that somewhere in here. They have a couple other of the Phantom Menace sets. I think I have a TIE Interceptor from that era and an ATSD that Gasp I took out of the box and put together. I put the N1 Starfighter together, too. I had a little more space back then. The heady days of the late 90s and early 2000s. But yeah, Jeff, there's those memories. And then the memories of before that time, before you had all these toys at your fingertips. And yeah, I didn't necessarily, I was big into the space Legos. So I kind of felt I had, you know, I didn't make them to turn them into Star Wars vehicles and ships. I just had those and I had my own kind of weird storylines with that. But that in a weird way was an offshoot of being a Star Wars fan. So it wasn't just that I had a set of space Lego spaceships with little minifigs, and then I would just have them and display them. I would play with them. And then going beyond that, I'd create little stories. I had character names. I had plots that I carried on for weeks. I could, I'd be at school, like, in the back of my head, like, oh, I got to get home. Like, Sergeant Walters really needs to complete that mission. I got, I got to get back. So I had that kind of fun. But I had some friends like Jeff here who uh, were inventive in their toy plane. And if they didn't have Star Wars toys, they'd make stuff out of it. Uh, Blasters out of uh, wood, balsa wood, uh, that kind of stuff. Making ourselves our own little capes. And we're not talking giant sewing jobs, but capes are important. You need capes if you're a Star Wars fan. And you knew that when you were 7, 8, or 9, or 10. So if you didn't have one, you made one. And I, uh, I think I've talked about it before here, but I, you know, I had some Ewoks with the old Kenner sets, and uh, they came with weapons. I liked their weapons, but I would look around my yard and be like, I want bigger, better weapons for my Ewoks. And I'd find little twigs and little plants and stuff and, like, fashion them into weapons. That is, uh, I think, the core of this memory of what Jeff is sharing here. Star Wars is an inspiring saga. It inspires thought, it inspires lessons, it inspires humor, and it inspires creativity. You'll read some interviews with a a scientist or someone who works for NASA, someone that's landing uh, satellites on Mars, and they'll be like, oh, I was a big Star Wars fan, and often Star Trek too, to be fair, but Star Wars. And so they took to that, like what's out there? Now, yes, we know in the vacuum of space, you probably can't hear any of these things, and the X-Wings wouldn't fly that way, and the bombers wouldn't drop all that stuff, but that goes back to the main topic for today. Poke fun at it, but enjoy it, and don't worry about it. If someone, Neil deGrasse Tyson, gives you a a tweet that tears apart hyperspace, it's okay. None of it is real right now. Maybe one day hyperspace in some other form or the very form we see on screen will be real, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Just have some fun with it and let Star Wars inspire you. And that's what I love, that even with 
the, the current Star Wars Legos that I can go to Target, and if you've seen my closet, you can I can guarantee I have, you can go there and, and pick up pretty much anything you want in terms of Star Wars Legos. Your imagination doesn't get to run wild if you don't let it. You can just buy it. I want an X-Wing, there's an X-Wing. You're not like Jeff making your own X-Wing. But it still, it's still, I, I take comfort in the fact that it's still inspiring uh, the younger generation of fans. And there's something in it. Maybe a, a, a young female fan looks at uh, the Phantom Menace, Attack the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and looks at Padme and goes, well, I want to get into politics. Uh, maybe a kid does look at Broom Boy, Broom Kid, Tamiri Blog, and get inspired by him gazing out into the galaxy at something bigger and better. We had the twin sons in A New Hope growing up in our generation. We stared out with Luke. I think it's one of the more powerful moments in the saga because of that. And the next generations after are, are had that and still will have that. But don't disparage the moment at all. Not that you are, not that anyone is, but the, the broom kid moment, Tabari, Tabari, uh, Tamari Blagg, Who's got a trivia contest coming up? Tamari Blagg staring off. Hope. Dreams of making an impact and going beyond. That'll all be part of someone else's Star Wars memories one day. And that's part of the fun. And it's part of what Jeff is saying. Two-point memory. Three-point, if you count the uh, waiting for Star Wars Legos in 99. Looking at something on screen and being inventive in your own childhood to build the things you don't have, looking at something on screen and letting you inspire you in different ways in storytelling and play and science and leadership and your future, or just the simple thing of hope. It's all there, and that's why we share our Star Wars memories here on Spotlight Star Wars. So thank you to Jeff Wood for sharing that over on Patreon. You can share that too. Go to patreon.com slash center if you want to support and jump on into those threads and post your favorite Star Wars memories. So that's it. We're almost out of here. But before we do that, before we sign off, I think it's time for a very special In Memoriam. Great men never hurry. Great men cause others to hurry. That was the motto of one of the Empire's most loyal commanding officers. And in keeping with that motto, Tian Jer Gerard did not rush through his career as one of the best Imperial architects and ship designers. He took his time, built his reputation as well as he helped build the Death Stars, and rose through the ranks to the position of Moth. Moff Jer Gerard was born into a wealthy family and used that springboard to dive into a promising career as an architect and designer after earning high grades in an engineering academy. However, the man that would one day oversee the construction of the more powerful second Death Star began his career designing warehouses and trash haulers. It was a low beginning for someone with such high aspirations. And it was that pool of opportunity, the desire to help design weapons that he felt would be used to defend the glorious new empire he was now a willing key member of, that drove Jared Gerard higher and higher in the ranks of Palpatine's military. Rear Admiral, Commander, and a coveted spot in the Joint Chiefs, Jared Gerard was becoming the great man he always knew he could be. The Rebellion got lucky and destroyed the first Death Star, but Jer Gerard was overjoyed to assume project leadership of the second Death Star's construction. He was the man for the job, he believed. 
He had taken part in the construction of the first one. He knew how to make it bigger and better, something he probably believed the Empire itself could do. He threw himself into his work. He battled budget cuts, resource shortages, and near-impossible deadlines and expectations to get the job done. Great men never hurry, he'd remind himself, even as time began to run out. In the end, Moth Jer Gerard fell victim to his own loyalty. Loyalty to a doomed project. Loyalty to an evil regime. Loyalty to his own desires for power. Rumors say that in the final moments of battle, Jer Gerard was secretly ordered to turn the second Death Star's weapon on the moon of Endor. He was asked to wipe out his own forces on orders from the Emperor himself. One has to wonder that if in his final moments, Jer Gerard stopped to question how he got here. He had time to do it, yet Endor remained. Perhaps, in the end, Jer Gerard finally became the great man he always wanted to be. Goodbye, Moff Jer Gerard. You're always going to be one of my favorite Imperial officers. And you guys know, for reasons I still can't explain, I love my Imperial officers. Interesting to note, Jer Gerard now has some uh, family that still factors into the Star Wars story. Uh, he's got uh, his, his immediate, I think, son or daughter, uh, I think it's son, are in the First Order, or were in the First Order. And then their son turned against all that and joined the Resistance. It's in uh, that Ben Acker, Ben Blacker book, I, I think, called Join the Resistance. And I hadn't, I hadn't read that. So in just kind of pulling some notes from Wikipedia, as uh, we do for these in memoriams, I noticed that the Jer Gerard name lives on in Star Wars. And I actually uh, can appreciate that. Really, always was one of my favorite characters. The line that actually is something he believes in. Great men never hurry. Great men cause others to hurry. It's from the Return of the Jedi novelization. If you haven't checked that out, I definitely recommend you do. So that is it for this week's Spotlight Star Wars Episode 104 is in the books. I hope you guys had a good time being reminded that it's okay to poke a little fun at Star Wars. It's definitely something that I needed to refocus on, and I hope you guys do too. If you needed it, maybe you're already there. Star Wars is silly. Star Wars is serious. Star Wars is important. But Ewoks do dance at the end of it all. So uh, if you want to, again, support on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Force Center. You can follow us at Force Center Pod. We have the Facebook page. You can follow me at Cadnapsock. That's also on Twitch, where I'm currently training. Going on there, signing on, having people ask me questions for the live movie trivia showdown event, June 2nd, Star Wars number one contenders match. Me, Joseph Scrimshaw from this very Force Center podcast feed, and Alex Damon from Star Wars Explain the winner Gets to face Sam Witwer at a later date for that Star Wars trivia belt. I'm on Twitch practicing. Maybe you guys can pop on here in the next couple weeks and help. Or if you still want to, there's some tickets left. About uh, 45, getting close to a sellout. Go to SchmodownLive.com to check that out. And don't forget, we do have a website here for Force Center, ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.Net. But that is it. Let's have some fun. Let's celebrate. Let's laugh with and sometimes at Star Wars. We'll see you next time. May that Force thing kind of sort of always remain around you.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.